It's that time again for the assault on your ears. We call Lore Dorks, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. I'm Aaron, and with me as always is Stavros. Tonight on our screens, it's episode one of season now two? No, two of one? Episode 12? That None of that is right. It's episodes one and two of season four. Back to back? Oh, this is this is un presented imprudent what's the word um <laughs> unprecedented is the word you're looking for yeah yeah that's what i said you know tomato tomato or something yeah yes mm-hmm. it's it's season four though episode one two yes. vix and episode two i have no bones and i must flee and in our cups is a little banana pudding coffee Yes, uh, so we've, we're reusing one of our old smoky moonshines that we drank for the trailer episode. Um, so we've mixed a bit of uh, of this banana pudding moonshine with uh, iced coffee. I've been drinking it a bit. You know, I'm not a big coffee drinker. I had to actually go to Rochelle, my wife, and ask her, "Hey, how do you make coffee so I can have it with this drink?" Wait, did you make your <laughs> own coffee? Well, well I mean, as much I, as I just went to Pete's, man. Correct. <laughs> That's probably smart too, to be honest. Yeah, but we did make it at home. Uh, I'm drinking it right now. You know, I'm not usually a huge fan of coffee, but the tartness of the of the coffee is kind of being squelched a bit by the delicious banana flavor. So it's drinkable, certainly. I'm not sure if I would take this over a straight up uh, banana pudding, you know, just straight over ice or something. But it's not bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to give it a middling ranking for the drinks we've tried. Not terrible, not great. Yeah, where'd you find this one? Is this uh, something that you wanted to mix up with a little banana pudding? I think I found it online somewhere. Not that I spend a lot of time on the internet trolling random <laughs> drink mixes or anything. No. I'm not no. an alcoholic. <laughs> I don't go to meetings. No, no definitely not. <laughs> well, let's talk about yes. these two episodes. What episodes? Let's talk about the episodes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we're going to do a little synopsis action. Um, so for two Vicks, two Vicks. T W O V I X, not the character that was murdered. Yes. <laughs> For this Straight episode. Up murdered. <laughs> in this season premiere, Aaron's favorite new Vulcan joins the crew. God damn it. Just in time for a historic mission involving Aaron's favorite ship, the USS Voyager. God damn it. Neither of those things are true. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tufix's famous death is retroactively made justifiable as what? Cerritos crew members. Subjected to spontaneous tuvixing, immediately try to take over the ship. So there was nothing spontaneous about it. It was totally intentional. It was all <laughs> intentional tuvixing. And that's, you know what? That's may not be true. It, it was never justified. It's still not justified. <laughs> I call bullshit on your whole synopsis. None of your synopsis is accurate at all. Well, you know what? I, there's a whole little uh, a bit at the end here uh, where everyone's promoted except for Rutherford. Again, that part is not an accurate synopsis. <laughs> oh, wait, shit, it is accurate in this episode. Yeah. Of Son of a bitch, things. you got me. Yeah. <laughs> and then let's also talk about I Have No Bones. Yes, part flee. two of the uh, yes. two-part season opener. Yeah, so Mariner, who is still upset at her promotion, decides to force Ransom to demote her by being a complete jerk on an away mission to a menagerie of dangerous animals, including the most dangerous animal, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Meanwhile, Boimler spends a lazy day apartment shopping, and Rutherford tries to brute force his way into a long-term relationship with Tendi. 
Wait, Wait, this doesn't sound no, like Tenderford that I know that is, that is way inaccurate. He's just trying to salvage his friendship, Stavros. Put away <laughs> your fanfic. Stop shipping everyone. Ah, Jesus, Stavros. You can't change what is by changing your synopsis. That's true. Yeah. You might as well just watch the darn thing if you're listening to this. Just go watch it first. Why are you listening to me? This sounds like a terrible idea. Anyway... Let's talk about Tuvix. Ah, uh, the the episode, not the not the yeah, man. yeah, not the not the guy that got murdered. No, I mean don't I mean, get me wrong. Up, like sure. if I met Tuvix in real life, I'd probably murder him too. But <laughs> it doesn't make it justified. I'm an yeah. asshole. It's a known thing. Janeway <laughs> not supposed to be. No, <laughs> but let, I want to talk about the uh, the changes to the opening credits first, actually. Oh yeah. The new stuff is in the the battle scene, of course, which keeps getting more and more ridiculous. Um so tell me if I'm missing anything. So there's in during this fight, there is some new ships in there. I think a Breen ship chases a Klingon bird of prey. It kind of flies by there. There's the space whale probe from Voyage Home that makes the whale sounds. Um and I think in the back, uh, I'm not sure if this is from this season or not. I think it's new. The crystalline entity like takes out a board cube with a shot. There's a couple new animations. Yeah, there's definitely new animations. I don't think the board cube actually gets taken out completely. There's just lots of explosions. It's kind of, explosions. This is explosions. You I know? See. Yeah. And when I was watching it, I was all like, what is the deal with the, the whale probe? Why the whale probe? Why the whale probe? <laughs> Why? It's, it's, I don't think we find an answer to that question. I, I, we do, though. It's, it's season four. <laughs> and the whale ah. probe was Star Trek four. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> you might as well just throw it in there. Yeah. You know, it's not really helping either side of this fight. It's just kind of making whale sound yeah. and hanging out. Makes perfect sense. I mean, <laughs> can't fight that logic. No, not at all. Um, you know, I, it's, I, I, we're coming straight off of watching Strange New Worlds uh, Season 2. And, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, there are a couple special little opening credit sequences for Strange New Worlds this season. I kind of want to see Lower Decks kind of up its opening credits game a bit. I want to see something new and cool and exciting. You know, Not just the we've only scene. seen like one or two variant opening credits, right? Yeah. Yeah. For, like, for Lower Decks? Yeah. yeah. There was like the, uh, what episode was that? The uh, Peanut Hamper episode. And was that the only one or was there another one? I think that's the only one I can think of at least. Yeah. I may have started too early to use my brain at <laughs> properly yeah i just want to see something uh something they, they've got they've got a challenger here in the the top star trek series spot so i just I, want to see them do something you know, exciting I, I think they're fine with what they're doing right now <laughs> fair enough but back to the episode you know the thing we're here yes. to discuss this yeah. isn't lower decks and opening credits podcast <laughs> maybe it should be is all i'm saying but anyway, so let's talk about the uh, the episode more. Uh, so there's the opening uh, holodeck sequence where Boimler has to go uh, clean out the uh, the waste filters. I know we've seen this sign before where it says Ensign at work. 
So why is this specifically Ensign's job? I mean, I guess it's a lower desk job. I love the gag. But why? Come on, how can you not laugh at that? <laughs> it is funny, yeah. Yeah, just the implication. Specifically Ensign's. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not even crewmen, not even enlisted people get to get to clean it. It's just but, you know, The real question is, why are the holodeck filters filled with neon green? Green liquid? stuff? Yeah, I had that Gross. same. I had the same question. And he gets it on him, so it's not just... Like the gassy, gross, gassy bit, yeah. it just gets on his pants. Like, and what is it? Like, what is in those filters? If we don't get an answer <laughs> in this series, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> the only thing I could think of is there's some kind of like decontaminating agent in there that just turns all of the stuff green, you know, just to like try and, you know, contain it a bit. I don't know, man. I, uh, no, don't. it's hard to say. No, yeah. Gross. I, I also love in that scene this. that Ransom literally just walks into the holodeck just to say, hey, Boimler, maybe you'll get promoted. And you know, then but, just says goodbye. Boimler's like his bro at this point, you know? He just wants to <laughs> build his bridge buddy? Up. Yeah, you yeah. know? I love the fact that that whole scene, like, we're like, oh, this scene is obviously a mislead. They've recut this, so it's not actually what actually <laughs> happens. No, nope. No, literally scene what happens. happens exactly <laughs> as it does in the trailer. But you know what? It's still a mislead because the whole scene... Yeah is you know it's a Chekhov's gun he makes this whole mm-hmm. big statement and it's like something has to happen with this and the exact opposite happens it's great <laughs> I know it's really good and we kind of get our first look at uh, Good Guy Ransom over this, these first two episodes first I think look we'll more Good Guy later. Ransom's been here the entire series dude I did not know <laughs> like you use every opportunity to hate on Ransom but you know what Every opportunity, it comes up constantly how good of a guy he is. You know, we're going to talk about this more in these yeah. episodes because Ransom, you know, just a number one guy in this episode, especially. You're right. And I do want to talk about him, but there's more on him in a bit. You know who I do want to talk about, though, is your favorite Vulcan addition to the crew. Okay. Um, and that is to Lynn. Let's get it out of the way. So, you know, fan favorite character. Um, it's cool to see her. I thought she was very, I mean, she's obviously written to be very, very flat in these episodes. Yes. So there's certain things like, you know, they kind of bring up the whole, you know, we think we pointed out with the trailer that, you know, she can smell, you know, she's very affected by smells. So I think at one point she goes like, I can smell Borg or something like that. It smells like Borg. <laughs> she, she said Borg. It smells, smells like, Borg. like Borg. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. And that and the, and the uh, saying that Boimler is going to smell horrible. Yeah. Other than that, she's got a lot of like very flat. She doesn't want to get involved. She doesn't want to weigh in. She yes. room. She orders room temperature water from the from the. Uh, but come on, that's like a Vulcan care. thing. That's a great gag. <laughs> Such a Vulcan thing. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe that's like the arc they're going for. They're going to start her out as like super reserved and doesn't want to be there. She's going to come around and yeah. become one of the Warp Core Five, which I, I yeah. guess it won't be the Warp Core Five. What will they be the? something or warp core four it'll be something the something five the yeah something phaser rhyming. strip five i don't know <laughs> they'll figure something out yeah, something, something has to rhyme in there yes yeah and she doesn't do a whole lot in these two episodes well she solves the tuvix i don't know no, she it, doesn't she makes it worse yeah. she let's talk about that solution there we're gonna get we're getting a little ahead yeah of let's let's get focused on here yeah we got we got more <laughs> stuff to go through before we get to the terrible <laughs> ending of this episode yeah, she is involved in the ending. We'll put it that way. Um, I will say that she, so she and, I mean, so she does kind of help the plot get resolved. And Tendi is kind of like making this thing like, hey, we're friends. And uh, Talyn just like, goes like, no, thank you. 
Yes. And that's kind of it. So maybe you're right. Maybe we're going to get more from her because she doesn't really have like the zingers. It, it it's this is the first time we've really seen her with without Vulcans. She does have the zingers though, but they're just an incredibly dry, like unexpected response zingers. Like when Teddy's yeah. like, "We're friends, right?" She's all like, "Thank you." You know, it's like that's a <laughs> right. great gag, right? <laughs> sure. It's interesting to see the dynamic change yes. though when she's not with uh, the you know, off of the We kind of jumped ahead here though. Can we go back to the yeah. beginning real quick? Yeah, sure. Because this episode, like the the driving thing that happens here, is they are on a secret mission, right? Yes. And what kind of what is Starfleet doing that it sends people on a secret <laughs> mission that they know nothing about? Like they're like, <laughs> we're on a secret mission to go here, and what are we going to do once we get there? I don't know. It's a secret mission. Like <laughs> somebody on the crew has to know. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this because this whole like Voyager picking up Voyager thing. So I have a theory. Are you ready? So as as you know, this station that they pick up uh, Voyager from is not the museum station that we see like LaForge in command of. Yes, you know, and it doesn't Picard end show. up at that station either, which is weird. no, it go it goes back to Earth. Yeah. So yeah. the the whole plot is that they're picking up Voyager from this super secret station and taking it back to Earth to show off as a museum ship. Yes. Um, so my my hypothesis is that the whole like turning into a museum ship is basically a cover, and the reason why it's redacted is because they needed to put Voyager in the station and take like a year or two to like get off all the Batmobile armor, like oh, all the future tech. tech. Yeah. And yes. Then it, so it's just the it's like a refurbished standard, you know, issue Intrepid class now without all of the crazy uh, additions. I mean, normally I shit all over your theories, but this one I actually like. <laughs> wow, I had to, to mark this down on the on the calendar here. Yeah, that's a, that's my theory. I'm sticking to it. I actually pretty I like the design of that uh, station too. You it's, know, it uh, reminded me a lot unique. of like it's not this, but it reminded me of some of the early DS9 concepts. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, very it's industrial, cool. it's very hinty. But it also had it had bits like there's the butt or whatever from the you know orbital office complex from the motion picture that shows up all the time. Yeah. So it's clearly Federation design, but I don't know. I just got those hints from the design of it too, which will be interesting if they reuse this or is this just another like one-off one and thing done. that they made. Yeah, yeah hard to say because you don't even see it for a lot of the episode. No, you, you really only get a few shots of it and then Voyager mm-hmm. leaves. Yeah. Although let's talk about Voyager. I mean, what a great uh, great shots of this ship in the show. I was kind of surprised. I, Voyager has always been kind of like a hit or miss ship design for me. For certain angles, it kind of looks weird, at least personally, but they keep finding, you know, shot after shot uh, of it looking freaking awesome. So it looks really good. You know, though, that's really most of the uh, Starfleet ships, especially like the hero ships. I really think the only like hero ships that really looked good from every angle was probably the Defiant and Mm. the NX-01. Like everything Uh, else, the wrong angle, just there was something unseemly about it. screws it up. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like that girl you pick up in the club and then you get her back to your home lighting and you're like, oh, this was a mistake. Wait, I've never had that problem. Um, oh, right. I forgot. I you, were, sure. uh, you were a child bride. I forgot. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, <sighs> you know, I also love that once they're on board Voyager, they constantly refer to Voyager as Voy, 
which like comes very close to fourth wall breaking because as we as we kind of know that's how the series has been abbreviated you know what though i love it i love that they refer to the you know original series episode is tos and now they're referring to voyager's (laughs) boy and (laughs) it's so good i wonder what they're gonna come up with for tng it'll be great (laughs) yeah they've had next gen characters on well at least a couple they haven't really gone the uh the acronym route i feel like they should what else i mean there's so much cool stuff i mean all the sets very faithfully recreated on voyager the uh the one thing that was hard I, i bet you an animator just got really sad about was uh, there's a shot in engineering where they show the warp core going, and if you recall, Voyager is Voyager's warp core has some crazy. I don't know how they did it on the show, but it's not a uh, it's not like a next gen you know light up the lights at the right time and sequence type thing. It's kind of like a oh yeah, it's got sparkle whole, all over the place. It's got you know? the lava lamp thing going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so some animator like was really sad there. Yeah, it's not but- bad. But it's just somebody was free, was very sad. I could tell. Yeah. But I mean, set after set. I mean, the bridge looks great. It's in a bunch of the shots. Um, there's engineering. Oh, yeah. There's sick bay. There's the transporter room. Just yeah. everything. The whole really episode really is good. definitely a love letter to Voyager. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to discount that. Although, <laughs> I love though that when they built this, it's not a reference to like the best episodes of Voyager. And they do this all the time. <laughs> the craziest, yeah. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous episodes, and they even like lampshade it. With the whole, it's Voyager, shit got freaky. Love it. I think that's my new <laughs> Even favorite Even at the line. end, I think Freeman was like, and now that we've done with like these Voyager-flavored shenanigans, or whatever she says, yes. you know, it's just, just goofiness. Uh, I mean, Voyager is good. Um, let's talk about the plot that happens on Voyager, though. Um, let's talk about the macrovirus. Yeah, spraying DNA on his babies. Oh. Yeah, that was a terrible was line. A crazy line. <laughs> Yeah, if you didn't know, or if you're not, if you're a little rusty on your Voyager, uh, the macrovirus is from uh, the episode Macrocosm, and a kind of yes. a little cameo in the episode Learning Curve. The little, the giant viruses kind of go around and I don't know, stab people or whatever it is they do. Yeah, I don't remember what they did. Yeah. Killed everybody though, and Janeway had to bring them back by going all Rambo. Yeah, she. That's one of the Janeway Rambo. That's like all I remember about the episode is is giant <laughs> flying viruses and Rambo Janeway. Yeah. So, you know, at, at this point in the episode, you know, that Boimler is, like, all afraid of missing out on his promotion. And so there's, you know, of course, Mariner is the one. Well, let me back up. So let's say, hypothetically, that they that the Voyager was at, at the station getting refit, taking all the Batmobile armor off. They just, like, forgot to open this one panel that had the giant-ass... Uh, no, but I mean, like, uh, that's, that's everything in this episode. Like, they did such a terrible <laughs> job. There was nanoprobes left lying around. Yeah. There was the freaking yeah. microvirus. There was everything. Someone forgot to run a scan or oh, I don't know God. what it is. Absolutely but then, So Mariner lets out the macrovirus and then Boimler is supposed to block a door, but then he gets freaked out because he doesn't want to screw anything up. And, just, and Ransom just follows it up and goes like, this is all your fault. Boimler, come in and help us out. Yes. It's like, come on. Mariner is the one screwing up here, opening random panels that she shouldn't be opening. You know what? Bullshit. It's a good thing she opened that panel. Can you imagine if somebody had done that at the museum display? <laughs> yeah. Just a whole bunch it been of a bad dead time. museum goers. So, you know, they say that uh, the crew has been inoculated against this virus, but like, has the average you know, Federation citizen been inoculated as well? It's hard oh, to say. Oh, good point. Wait, how did they replicate in this episode? Oh, right. They did it through whatever. What is that? 
when they split diffusion they, or some bullshit. Yeah. Uh, what's that word where they? I'm not a biologist. Two different cells. Yeah. Either um, am I. That one process where they split mitosis. Yes, mitosis. There yes. we go. That sounds right. <laughs> we did it. That was we our science moment. There. Now we're qualified <laughs> to be science advisors on Star Trek. Uh, but the best part of this advice. is just how how like nonsense the escalation and de-escalation of the plot is. Um, I think the the macrovirus just literally like slaps against the control panel, and then all of the crazy like holodeck yeah. characters start popping out everywhere, <laughs> just like. <laughs> For no reason. Safety protocols set to random. Oh, such a great <laughs> gag. Yeah, that was pretty good. And then good. they find the Borg nanoprobe and make it a macro probe. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I love that the holograms are all like the evil. Like, we got Chaotica, which is awesome. Um, and then the, yes. the freaky clown, which is awesome. Yes. And then, like, the horny Irish man that Yeah, uh, from Fairhaven. Can we just talk about yeah. this guy real quick? Of course. <laughs> I love that he's one of the villains, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, so Why just... are they in cahoots? Why are they all on the same team? It doesn't make... Like, it's crazy. It's awesome because it's Voyager. Like, his whole plot arc. Like, yeah. The episode is actually surprisingly... It's not good. I'm not going to raise this up, <laughs> but it raises some interesting, like philosophical discussions. And especially like, you mean Fairhaven, like, right? Not this episode. Yeah. Fairhaven. Fairhaven. Right. This episode, okay. there's nothing philosophical going on here. <laughs> it is ridiculous slapstick from beginning to end. Um, <laughs> but no. So like in Fairhaven, the whole thing is, you know, Janeway goes to one of Tom Paris's holodeck programs and, meets a holodeck personality and they fall in love and it's like right. the actual holodeck program falls in love with her and is like so forlorn he can't right. do his job it's dumb but <laughs> what i love about this is <laughs> at the, so there's a couple of scenes where he's seen wiping down consoles like they're a bar top which because he was a yeah. bartender in the original episode is fantastic but he also <laughs> just makes a random statement of i miss my wife <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. Does he mean like the deleted holographic wife? Yeah, because Janeway mean... deleted his wife. And this is Tuvix, <laughs> a play on the episode of Tuvix, where Janeway murders Tuvix. Oh, God. Like, I feel like if I started on a lot of digging through, like, the clown from The Thaw, Janeway straight up yeah. killed him. Yeah. That's right. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like if I went through and watched all of these episodes, it would be an episode, every episode would be about Janeway murdering someone. <laughs> i feel like you might be right here although does uh you know we got we're kind of jumping around a bit but um you know the animatronic uh warp 10 lizards oh, the salamanders. <laughs> yeah. no but she leaves her Th babies to die somewhere. oh yeah awkward yeah let's you know let's just move on i don't want to get i don't want to yeah. go down another rabbit hole about <laughs> just janeway murder <laughs> I still love the inclusion of those things yeah. in this episode and that they get assimilated. <laughs> really oh my god. <laughs> Did you notice the macrovirus in the Borg uh you know, alcove room, the cargo bay? It looks like it had like partially eaten, I assume Harry Kim's clarinet. And it's yes. just kind of floating around, just goes to go doot doot. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic scene. <laughs> uh and of course the solution to the assimilating virus <laughs> it's still just ridiculous just thinking about it it makes no sense no it's you know boiler had escaped and frees rutherford and rutherford has the perfect solution and that is to 
infect the ship with cheese curds. And that is the uh, <laughs> the reference yes. to uh, the episode Learning Curve, where that exact thing basically cripples Voyager. Yes. Uh, and it's funny because, okay, I got to comment on this. They reference yeah. the ship being disabled by the infection from the cheese, whatever, macrobiotics or whatever. Right. In like the opening scene on board Voyager. And everybody's like, oh, that's ridiculous. And in the end, they saved the day by using that. Is Neelix's <laughs> cheese now the Chekhov's gun of Star Trek? <laughs> it definitely happens in this episode. I'd say so. So I think from now on, instead of having uh, Chekhov's gun, it's got to be Neelix's cheese from now on. <laughs> Neelix's cheese. I love how when Rutherford is going to the bridge in it, he has like, it looks kind of like, like a cake decorator to me. Like this just jammed with cheese curds. Oh my God. <laughs> Completely so awesome. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I was talking to you about this before the show a bit. You know, they cripple Voyager, which takes care of their murderous holograms. Yeah, but, but the microvirus is still the there. Like, how do they deal yeah. with that? You know, though, I mean, probably the same way they did in the original. How did they kill it in the original episode? Didn't they just, like, turn on the warp core to, like, high or something? I cannot remember. I, I remember Janeway needing to, like, hyperspray one in the face or something. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. Kind of but they don't talk about it. They just, uh, I guess, like, the most of the danger is contained. Like, if they're, you know, they're just chasing. I, I know, do want to comment on something. Would the Borg take over the ship? Who was the captain? <laughs> I like the Borgified, uh, the Borgified lizard. Uh, the hyperbole animatronic. Lizard, yes. Oh. <laughs> I love it. So they, the cheese takes out the ship, but then the animatronic is still Borgified. And I like that the ship shuts down. And then one of the characters just picks up the animatronic and then just reaches in and pulls out the oversized nanoprobe. And that's what shut, <sighs> shuts down the, Utterly ridiculous. the animatronic. I love it. It was great. But you know what? If all the macroviruses had been assimilated, maybe like defeating the macrovirus Borg It'd be easier, queen, maybe. like would yeah. be like, you know, defeating the, I don't know, the Borg queen. I guess defeating the Borg queen of the Borg didn't really shut them down, did it? No, it just crippled them, I guess. Yeah. I still, know. the fact that they don't talk about the, the problem that started it all on this, uh, on yeah. the Voyager they just kind of like they just kind of ignore the B plot. It just like, hey, <laughs> yeah. and, and then they, they open the museum anyways. You think there'd be a point where yeah. they'd be like, you know, maybe we need to go over this with a fine tooth comb. Let's run a scan for a change. Maybe we'll yes. come up with something dangerous. Let's go back to the Tuvix, the Tillops dilemma. Oh my god, it's a plot. I don't want to talk about. I this. love that this. Uh, what goofy characters to get involved again we're we're getting towards the because uh, you know as you know this is big internet argument about Janeway being a murderer and we're getting very close to breaking fourth walls here just if they just kind of talk yeah you know we'll just do whatever Janeway did it'll be fine yeah and then the lower deckers are like does she know that Janeway straight up murdered Tuvix oh my god <laughs> you know what the funny thing is though like I heard that and I'm all like man we say that all the time in reference to that episode <laughs> completely yeah, yeah like exactly like <laughs> verbatim too that's just got to be like something everybody says in response to that episode whoa she straight up uh, murdered two picks so. yeah well she did <laughs> i love it the, the telepsis is like well yeah i guess i'm just here now i sure do love being alive <laughs> that's right. so, it's so like, dumb especially damn. since you know what's coming oh my god <laughs> i love shax's line where he realizes like you know captain Freeman's like Janeway just straight up killed him. And Shax is like, oh shit, Janeway didn't mess around. Yeah. I also <laughs> I love, love when it. Shax asks Phillips about 
if he has any physical memories from Tahana. I just look on his face. Just the pupils get really, really, really small. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great work on the animator's job on that one. Definitely. Oh, my it's God. <laughs> I like how they just realize, hey, we don't have to solve this problem. We just need to take Tillups to Earth, and then they'll solve this problem. Yes. <laughs> it's I th- They're trying to get out of the... Uh, the quandary, the the uh, moral quandary of what exactly to, to do. I, I would love an episode that's actually that, where like the entire episode is them trying to solve a problem, and they're all like, "Why are we trying to solve this? There's a whole <laughs> just space station devoted to medical science. Let's yeah. take them there. Send them to the farm. They, yeah, uh, send them to the farm. Do. This whole yeah. episode is just it's it it does not follow continuity. It sends. <laughs> Uh, what can you do? I love how they also use the word Tuvix as a verb. Like, yes. okay, we're going to Tuvix him. Oh, my That's God. so good. <laughs> and then as we, as I ref- uh, alluded to earlier, the combined people are, like, instantly evil the second they get combined. Kind of, kind of, a, little, oh, a little crazy there. They, they immediately jump on board for the plan, which is <laughs> yeah, fantastic. They're just immediately there, yeah. I get it. They need to make the plot work. It's, it, it was funny. You know, it took Tuvix a while of existing before, you know, they were able to murder him in a, mo- in a yeah. horrific way, right? Yeah. Like, if they had done it, like, in the first few seconds, up, oh, throw him back in the transport, he probably went, like, good idea. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, it did give us that great moment, though, with uh, Captain Dr. Friglimo. <laughs> That's obviously the creepiest one. Creepiest, aside from maybe uh best. steve stevens combination with a whale no way that's that second funny. best right there oh man <laughs> i need a fish so bad i don't know what you're talking about that's such a great scene <laughs> it's definitely funny and i love talin your girl talin uh comes in with a solution she doesn't even talk to anyone about it she just freaking does it she just overrides the transporters and beams all of them into a single to be fair it was a pretty tense so. moment and I love the fact That's that she true. screws it all up. Like she had no idea they would merge further at that point. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, oh, uh, oh well. Kind of to Lynn indifference. You know, you know what bothers me about because yeah. that leads to the resolution, right? Yeah, yeah. The whole oh, we have to separate out the different sig- signals and run them through the transporter and put them into different people and there's no moral judgment here because now they're no longer a sentient being they're just a blob <laughs> yeah that's one way out of that all i wanted was them to have a moment where they go oh wait transporters can duplicate people it happened to boimler a couple of seasons ago <laughs> and like yeah. that's the resolution and i think it would have been fantastic <laughs> if there was a whole other crew out there of two big <laughs> members yeah. of the cerritos that are just, you know, out there doing missions, too. And they could occasionally yeah. cross paths. It would be great. <laughs> I think they, they already have that uh, California-class ship of, like, lookalikes. Yes. Remember that? With, right. like, Bug Boimler and, yeah. like, Man Captain Freeman Stepping on their toes. <laughs> it just bothers me. I think that would have been yeah. just such a fantastic end, end, uh, end if, like, everybody, there had been this huge conflict about how to resolve the issue. And then the Lower Deckers are just like, well, yeah this happened two seasons ago and then somebody on like the command staff is like oh yeah that's a good point and then that's like the end of it it's just done <laughs> yeah well, alas opportunity missed instead we get the the meatball as they call it oh my god so gross 
It is pretty gross. But you know they get they get resolved and uh you know Talin, I feel like you know it, there's an argument to be made about Talin just murdered about 10 people when she did that and made them not that sentient blob. But well, uh, I mean I mean at worst it's you know involuntary manslaughter. I guess maybe it's voluntary manslaughter or <laughs> I'm wondering what her cuz you know as she says her whole purpose here is to you know, look good for the Vulcan High Command. So I wonder what, what that, like, her former Vulcan captain was like. Uh, yeah, I do love mm, the fact yes. that she's just like, Logical. whoops. <laughs> she turns him into the meatball. <laughs> I wonder, they, they beam him into, like, the, the Breg, I think. Yep. But then in the next scene, they have him in sickbay, and they're, like, all balancing on Biobed. And yes. I'm thinking, like, how do they get them in there? Do they just beam them over there? Over the Transporter, obviously. <laughs> He's going to break the Biobed. Um, I love in this scene. There's a a scene of Teillips in his what I think is Billups's quarters, and there's this computer display that's above Billups's bed, and it's like an a uh, MSD type display, but it's like not within arm's reach, which makes me think like Billups just has an MSD just above his bed as well, like, I mean, decor, it's I guess in arm's reach if he's like sitting or lying on the bed. <laughs> you don't have to really stretch. You can only hit like the bottom like third of that console. I don't oh know yeah, that. I mean, it's there for looking at, not not yeah touching. Yeah, Stavros, that's true. Don't you understand? Clearly, you and I spend a lot of time in different types of bedrooms. The ones I go to, where it's all look and <laughs> all no computers, time. and I see. I can't afford the other yeah. type. <laughs> uh, but that's good. It harken back to Data's quarters. In oh my god. Year. That made me think of that. Anyways, anyway, let's see. Oh, what I what, on the uh, the on Voyager, I love the scene between uh, between Boimler and Mariner, uh, where Mariner gives him the pep talk, and that comes into the promotion play later. But the head pats. Oh, the head like, <laughs> I feel like you can only head pat Mariner when she's restrained, because otherwise she'll punch your face. Oh my god, yes. And the uh like there's a bunch of like just really like blink and you'll miss it scenes in this episode. Yeah. Like earlier 100%. the uh bro moment between Ransom and Kayshawn where Ransom's all <laughs> yeah, like I so listen. <laughs> hey, yeah, more evidence for your good guy Ransom. Dude, Ransom is like the best commander in the series. I'm <laughs> I'm putting it out there now. Yeah. No one is yeah. better. Uh, I do want to talk about that a lot too, but it's <laughs> I mean, the let's just talk about it now with the promotions. You know, Mariner gets promoted at the end of this episode, and she can't take it. She doesn't like it. Yep. And, uh, you know, the episode tries really hard with, like, the evil music and dialogue to make Ransom seem like he's up to something. But you yep. know what? We're talking getting to the next episode, but you know what? He's just being a really good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's just being a good guy. He's not letting Mariner self, self-sabotage. You know, it's funny, because not only does Mariner get promoted... Yeah, Ransom is a good guy. Best commander, hands down. <laughs> but not only does Mariner get promoted, everybody except Rutherford gets promoted in this episode. Yes, 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 that's right. And that prompted right. me to go back and watch the trailer, because I'm like, how did we miss this? Yeah. Because they edited out the extra pip in the trailer! Did they? Because I noticed they had... Mariner is conveniently in the workout gear a lot for episode two. But they really but, edited it out, like the last scene, Lower Decks? Or, yeah, because the final scene, scene when they're going, Lower Decks, Lower Decks. Right. That scene, they all have their pips, and in the trailer, they don't. There's more oh. scenes from later in this season where they don't have pips. It's ridiculous. Like, why? Sounds why the effort? Just to lead <laughs> us astray. 
They wanted the, the promotion to be a surprise, and you know what? They succeeded, so should we really be mad about that? Yes. <laughs> also, he, I'm, I'm upset because Talyn had arrived on the ship like one day ago, and then she's in the first round of promotions. I get that they wanted to make them all the same rank, but did Talyn deserve that promotion? Wasn't she just, uh, she was given provisional ensign, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's not really Did she deserve like... that promotion? I mean, is that even a promotion? What was she before? Well, she's pro- provisional lieutenant JG now. Oh, now she, and really? She was, I could have yeah. sworn it was just she was a provisional ensign now. I don't think so. I think that she has the two lines on there. I'm going to have mm-hmm. to look now because now I'm, I'm doubting myself. But I'm pretty you sure. You should doubt yourself. I doubt you. Look right now. Yep, there are two lines on there. So she gets lieutenant JG as well. So what's, what's up with this Vulcan favoritism? Well, I mean, she did turn all those crew members back into uh, not a meatball. <laughs> That's true. That's true. She did meatball and then separate. She did murder a bunch of Tuvixes and then separate yeah. them back out. Moral so. of the story, you want to get a promotion, create a disaster, and solve it. <laughs> I think you're right. Okay. I think that, that leads to the very end of the episode with the mysterious threat. No mysterious threats. No mysterious Jeez, threats, yes. as they chant. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a mysterious threat. This uh, uh is Ma dead? I I thought we saw this in the trailer too, but is he dead now? I, I'm I'm kind of upset about that. So like, I'm gonna go into a little bit on the next. You know, I'm gonna save it for the next uh, next episode when we do the next okay. episode opening. I have a theory here. Okay. But yeah, Ma though isn't the takeaway from this episode. The takeaway is Spear <laughs> Guy. Oh God, that gag is so good. <laughs> Dishonorable to stab someone from a distance. Pretty solid logic. I, I no, I, I don't think that's solid logic. I mean, we've seen <laughs> Klingons use guns. Like, come on. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, they're, see, they're just trying to race. get each other. Yes. Yeah. They're just lower deckers trying to get under each other's skin. That's right. Uh, one interesting thing that we do learn about the mysterious threat. I mean, we've seen the ship before in the trailers, but they say one life form aboard uh, in this shot. Did so, they? They do say there's one life form aboard. So I'm wondering if we know if this is... I mean, we kind of speculated about the AI... I don't know what you want to call it. Like, alliance, you know, the coalition, the axis of evil of AI. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure what to think at this point. There's one person on board. Yeah. I can only assume maybe it's uh, maybe it's uh, the other Boimler or something. I don't know. Ooh. Well, you know what? Why would Section 31 be attacking a bunch of rando starships? Yeah, I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah, I'm really intrigued now. I totally missed the one life form aboard. Now I want to know who it is. Damn it, Stavros. Why did you do this to me? (laughs) Go back and watch that episode. Let me live in blissful ignorance. (laughs) Never. Did we miss anything about Tuvix before we move on to the bones? You know, no, I don't think so. You know, uh, we covered uh, all of the ransom moments that were fantastic. We're going to talk more about ransom too. I know. Just Uh, a short while here. You can't not talk about Ransom. There's no too much Ransom. Oh, though, I do want to mention on one thing. I love the fact that Boimler thinking he's not going to get promoted early in the episode because of his bad yeah. judgment. <laughs> right. And the entire, like, his entire plot, is a, I don't know which one is the A plot or the B plot, but his entire plot is built around, or not his plot, but the, the other plot is built around what is often considered one of Janeway's worst judgment calls. Right. In killing Tuvix. 
<laughs> right. And that's not just by us. That's by like dozens of people on the internet. <laughs> dozens. Dozens. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I've had. Did Boimler deserve that, that promotion. I. You know what? I think he did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know what? Sometimes he's done a lot, man. He they, is, they all deserved it. He has accomplished a lot. Yeah. You know, the only person who I think has accomplished more is Rutherford. My boy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about that. So let's move on to the next yes, episode. Let's... I have no bones and I must flee. Let's talk about the cold open first. Can we talk about the title real quick? Oh, yeah. So obviously this is a reference to the uh, short story by Harlan Ellison. I have no mouth and I must mm-hmm. scream which is like mm-hmm. a horror story uh, about a malevolent AI that's torturing the last four humans alive. And so like when I saw this time, I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be the return of Badgie or Agamus or something like that. Mm. And I'm just happen. so disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Like it has nothing it not to do that. with that. Like it doesn't, uh, it just, I don't know whether I should be upset or not. I mean, I'm not because I really like the episode and who cares about titles, but you know, <laughs> Hey, titles matter a little bit. This one, at least, it, it mentions Bones. I feel like they probably came up with this as, like, a name of the episode with the AIs in it. Yeah. But then they came up with something better, and like, oh, we have this good one. Yeah. And then there's a there's a monster that eats Bones. Let's just use it for Yeah, it's not two. a reference to malevolent AIs. It is just a reference to nope. the cutest bone sucker ever. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the cold open first. Yes. I love the vertical warbird. It's a real it thing. Vertical yeah, warbird so good. is canon now. Man, I want to see more of this. I want to see people making 3D models. I want to see fan art. Yeah, I want I really to see it like showing up in Star Trek Online. Ship too. It has a lot of like yeah. weird like design elements that you don't see a lot in starships. Yeah. It's just you don't really know what a lot of the function is for the items on it, but it has like it has these weird like I'd almost call them Bussard collectors that have like this weird flowing thing where they come up and out of the backside. You know, the shape is just slightly yeah. weird for the nose cone. And I don't know, just overall, I really like this design. Really fantastic. It's definitely not just a faithful recreation of the prototype Warbird. It no. is something new entirely. And I think it's a really yeah. fantastic Starship. But we'll talk about that more in our Starship episode. Definitely. I really like it as well. But really, the, the highlight of the scene is the crew on board. The yeah, absolutely. I like, they're like, yes, I have my own ha- plans and schemes. Yes, the lower, <laughs> so the, the Romulan lower deckers, which I think this is the first we've seen of Romulan lower deckers, right? I think so. So yeah, now we've, yeah, seen, yeah. we've seen multiple Starfleet lower deckers. We've seen Vulcan, Packlet, Klingons, Klingons yeah, Borg, and now we got Romulans. Hey, we get it's the key player. I totally player. want to see Jem Hadar lower deckers now. That is the thing I want. Oh man, make that happen! <laughs> I love how even the captain. It's not just lower deckers that are all like goofily conspiratorial. Yes, like the captain's like, I I don't like this. I want to focus on being suspicious. Yes, so good. comically evil. <laughs> <Made me laugh. laughs> yeah, let's talk about your theory because you know in this scene on the bridge scene. They've got the cute Targ pet on there that Ma'a, you know, got from the previous captain. I refuse to believe that that Targ is dead. So I feel you like know, your theory might go into what I'm thinking too. And and when they blow up the Romulan ship, which, oh, spoilers if you haven't seen it, the Romulan ship gets blown up. Yeah. Afterwards, they show the debris. And in the Klingon episode, like the spear is just floating there in space, like in perfect order, right? 
Right. And then in mm-hmm. this one, the captain's chair is just floating there, perfectly pristine. Yeah. No people bits anywhere. I think that they are getting beamed up or transported or downloaded or something. Mm. Yeah, like, so you would expect to see more viscera in a uh, show like this? They were well, actually I mean, getting murdered? When you put it that way, yeah, no, I don't <laughs> expect to see more viscera in my animated sci-fi comedy show. But... I'm <laughs> okay, just asking. But they did all that, like, showing Riemann gore everywhere. Why would they not just put a splash of blood on the chair or something? Although, I guess, if you're getting vaporized, you probably wouldn't leave blood. You know what? Stop leading me astray, Strava. Astray. 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 Learn to speak, Aaron. Astray. Stop leading me astray. So you're still going with the uh, they're getting beamed up kind of a thing. Or downloaded. I'm going downloaded. Downloaded. Okay. Yes. Yeah, is this part? Of, is this working into the AI alliance subplot? No, you think? this is something different because of the life. Something else. Thing. I bet it's a collector mm. ship. Oh, it could be. Yeah, like Ma was like be. he did something special. This evil Romulan captain did something special. So it's like they're just collecting these people. Interesting. We shall see. Not enough information to work on. I refuse to believe that the cube target is dead. So I love that. That's that. your your benchmark. <laughs> They're not going to kill that cute little cute little guy. Well, not on screen. <laughs> not on screen. You're right. And they'll tell they'll tell the viewers like you that they just they went up to live on a uh, I don't know what do, what, do, what do where are you going with this farm? <laughs> uh, Whatever makes blood wine. Yeah, is it actual blood? I hope not. Jesus, can you imagine? <laughs> like, think about how much blood wine. Rob like Cisco and Klingons drink, right? And yeah. everybody drinks it. Oh God, that's monstrous. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be real blood, right? Do they I have know. like like it out there. blood farms where there's just like people hooked up to like? Oh God, Stavros, why are you making me think about this? <laughs> oh. I'm just saying the blood and blood wine has to come from somewhere. I'm betting it comes from the blood berry which grows in the Catalans, oh. and you know. <laughs> You know, that sounds Klingon to me. Famously is, you know, tastes very coppery, just like Klingon blood. <laughs> Actually, is Klingon blood coppery? Because, like, sometimes it's red and sometimes it's purple. I wonder what it tastes yeah, like. Yeah. I don't know. And it's alien blood, right? Yeah. Huh. So. Well, now I've got to taste questions. blood sometime. Yeah. Yeah. What does Klingon blood taste like? You know what? The next time we're at a convention, we'll have to ask uh, one of the writers. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. That won't seem weird at all. Look, we've had a debate um, ever since we were trying to figure out what's in blood wine. Just be like smacking your lips as you yeah. ask them. So, uh, so uh, blood, blood the, the question gross. is, what is blood? What does Klingon blood taste like? That's not weird at all. Let's talk about the episode. <laughs> Why have we spent so much time on this topic? I don't know. God. I don't know. You know what does happen in this episode, though, is uh, we find out Shax and Dr. Ta'ana are kind of on the rocks. You notice that? They've, you know, yes. Shax and Ransom kind of talk about it a little bit. They got the little stretchy scene that we saw in the, in the trailer from the next gen episode, The Price. The, the, the kind of creepy uh, leotard wearing You know what, Stavros? Scene. Just because some people have problems with their bodies doesn't mean everybody does. I personally am wearing a full body stocking right now. Uh, that does sound like you. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Shax and Dr. Ta'ana, you know, they're on the rocks. Uh, I feel like Shax is not enjoying 
uh, Tana's. He, she says he's kind of alternating clingy and uh, dismissive, and they they kind of go in the Robin Hood program later. Yeah. I love that though. He's not like, really into it. Like Shax is like the hardened, you know, veteran warrior <laughs> who was a terrorist and he's been through the occupation, and you know he just wants some tender feelings and sweet moments. That's and right. Tana, the cat girl, just wants blood and <laughs> violence and hot, rough <laughs> sex all the time. Yeah, what a yeah. Shax is. I mean, Shax is known to to rip people apart too. But you know what? He just wants some love. Yeah, that's you know that's his job. It's not his life. <laughs> that's true. But sadly, no real resolution here. No. We just know that they're kind of on the rocks. So, although I do Let's love that, happens. like into this throughout this episode, and this happens frequently, where like people treat Taana like she's like an actual cat. Rather yeah. than <laughs> right. and what talk to her is she about supposed pets? to be, anyways? Do they ever say? I think she's supposed to be Cation. Really? I believe it's Cation. Okay. So let's uh, let's talk about each different subplot, though. So there's the subplot of promoted Boimler looking for his new quarters. Yes, this is like an A and a B and a C plot. Totally. Un- yeah, I think there's three. Yeah, three separate. What was the word? Unperformed. Um, un- I don't know what you're talking about practical un un unappled un unbananed what unprecedented yes that's the word i'm looking for banana and that's the drink i'm drinking okay uh, anyway so he's he's been promoted boimler's been promoted he's they're clearing out their bunks by the way before we get too deep into boimler did you notice that we kind of get the shot of like the four bunk spots and the work core four have cleaned out all their stuff and then they leave and the lights kind of turn off it's a short little shot but you get the sense that like oh the sun is being set on this particular set Even i don't think we'll so i think we'll be back here at some point but at some point but like it's it's been such a integral place for them and now and we're gonna get into who's living with whom towards the end yeah. of uh, the episode discussion but i mean it's, it's very sad it's not gonna be stop the place us. it used to be stop making yeah, me feel things. Sad. emotions we're manly men we don't feel things come on <laughs> anyway so boimler is leaving his bunk uh he's got a box with them and yes. i love that they put a bunch of things in this box <laughs> that we've seen from other places in the show uh which ones did you pick up on we'll see if i can fill in well the so apps. the problem is i'm like looking back on it like remembering all the stuff from throughout the episode but like i yeah. remember initially it's got the stargazer map it's got yes. his like dedication plaque yes his a uh, boimler effect uh, yes plaque, i believe yes yeah. And it's got, you know, the plates, and it's got the Klingon headdress. There's, yes. There's other stuff, too, but I, I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, what do you got? It's the Captain Freeman uh, the Captain yes. Freeman Day poster. But you can't, like, see it in the initial scene. It's not till later when he's walking down the yeah. hall. Yeah. And there's even more that kind of pops out of his box once he's in his quarters. Yes. So he's, I didn't realize, I didn't peg uh, Boimler for an action figures kind of guy, but oh, he's got Mirror Universe Archer. Figures? Yeah. And we got Monster Maroon Spock, and we got uh, another. We kind of talked about this before. We kind of hypothesized it's the mo- the TNG movie era Data holding a, a rifle. Yes, and he also has like a little violin case, which yeah. I think is a reference to that uh, that episode that starts out with the talent show, and he's playing the violin. Although, because there's a couple of episodes where he has the violin. Right? Oh yeah, and he's tuning it. Yeah, yes. so he plays the violin. Yeah, that's his thing—a glass violin, no less. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, we got even got some dice kind of roll out of his box for his yeah. for the uh, Batlas and Venus. So I, I just I mm. want to go back to the action figures because they really bother me. Yeah. Okay. Why does he have Mirror Archer? 
Yeah. How does he have that? How's that he was that? the only mirror episode that didn't cross over. Like, <laughs> why? Why mirror Archer, people? No one knows. Unexplained. You know, maybe it's just like older Archer, and like eventually Archer is like the guy who pioneers the. You know, it's not supposed to be green. Like, apparently that was like a colorization issue. Um, oh, really? Like how they colorized the original series, and it's actually supposed to be like a very gold color. Interesting. But it just. But now it's canon, I think. Across, <laughs> yeah, now it's so canon. got the green version. So it's green now. Yeah. It's on Enterprise, is green. But it's all like, <laughs> maybe like Enterprise, or maybe Archer, like when he got older, like he's the dude who started wearing that. And like, <laughs> uh, Kirk wore it as like an homage to Archer. Yeah. <laughs> interesting that's the only way that makes sense yeah it's not explained in any event no not at all but uh i love all the details on that and the boimler's quarters near the uh bus art collectors (laughs) so great with the brightness we we get to see how the uh the anti-medusan visor gets employed yeah we were way uh, wrong about that (laughs) i know (laughs) there is no medusan (laughs) just a random little uh fun little uh drop there the, the whole brightness thing where, you know, I was watching this uh, with my wife, Rochelle, it, it, while he's getting blinded by it, she's like, come on, the windows have shades on them. Yeah, like, sure well, that was my enough. response. I'm all like, they're in space. There has to be <laughs> yeah. some sort of filters on these windows. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, has Boimler just never been in, like, someone else's quarters where yeah. he's had to, like, operate the controls? Because he's been in the bunks this, this, whole, this whole time. Yeah, 100% Maybe he just doesn't know how, that they have this feature. Exactly. You know, and it's funny, though, that you say that, that, that uh, your wife said that, and then, like, I said that. And yeah. it's like, I think that is one thing, like, the, the, the writers really get the fans, like, that they, they included that scene, knowing how the fans <laughs> would react, and then added the payoff at the end of the episode. Yeah, so good. So oh. good. I love it. And the whole uh, him getting, going back to that, I, is it the same room or is it like a different room? Because Boimler seems surprised that it's like, once again, right next to the buzzer collectors. It has to be is a different Is it the same room, room or a different because room? Because the it's room gotta be he was in right? before had just a regular bed, whereas the room him yeah, and Rutherford were in had bunks. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a great uh, what a great scene where he just like gets in there and realizes that the shade can be pulled down. He's just like, the fuck? I'm surprised they all didn't get a room together because didn't they mention that in the previous episode where they were trying to get a room? I think they were going to split a room that was on, in on the lottery system. Yes. And if they won it, then they would split it. But I, it must it must be some kind of... Because I think Mariner, when she got promoted to lieutenant for an episode, she had a room with just one bed in it. So there must be a combination of both on board that they can just split up however. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you notice uh, when Rutherford is uh, hanging out with Boiler in the, in the quarters at the end, he's working on like the little miniature tractor beam projector that Wesley had in early next gen. Oh, is that That's his what little that project. Was. Yeah. I was all like, what is that? I know I've seen it before. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was a crazy little reference. Oh, my God. Uh, so as good. I recall, Wesley like turned it into a force field generator somehow, too. Yes, that's because uh, completely ridiculous. he kept people out of engineering in the episode where they all got drunk and Data finally lost his right. identity. <laughs> right exactly right oh. uh but i i like that it all turns out well for for boimler um i'm i'm hoping that boimler and rutherford together in bunking in the same room means we get more boimler rutherford interaction because usually it's the the boimler mariner duo yeah it's boimler and mariner and rutherford and tendy yeah but you know what i think we've seen in the trailers we're, we're definitely going to get more of the rutherford tendy pair up 
But I think we're also going to get like a lot more like like this episode has an A, B, and C plot. I think we're going to see more yeah. of that where it's all like here's the A plot and it's like three of them or four of them and here's the B plot and it's just one character by themselves or you know some other weird combination or here's like the A plot and it's just one character interacting with everybody else in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, know. could be. Well, let's move on to the next subplot, though, and that's the Rutherford promotion with Kendi along for the ride subplot. I freaking loved this. I mean, Rutherford is my guy as usual. I, I love that when Tendi is leaving the bunks, Rutherford gives her the Cerritos model that they put together together, and she puts it in uh, in her box. You know, I leaving. didn't notice that at all. I noticed, like, they yeah, had very the subtle. models out. Yeah, I just didn't quick. notice who took what. Yeah. And uh, in Tendi's box, she's also got, you know, a picture of the dog. And she's got the beaker that Goopy is in. Well, you can't see if Goopy's in there still or not. And I think Klingon shoulder pads, the one she was wearing during the Battle of Sinbinus. So she, mm-hmm. she's got her own box as she walks out of there. Yeah, I think you're right about the Battle of Sinbinus shoulder pads. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the, the key thing of this plot is Rutherford, is, he's, he's pretty confident about getting a promotion, too. Because, you know what, he doesn't want to... Be separated from the warp core four i just love like before you see the whole episode play out he's yeah. like oh yeah you just gotta do something amazing do some amazing engineering to get a promotion <laughs> and it's just like oh man that's so ridiculous and he gets in the competition with the new ensign livick yes a bit oh. of an overachiever himself and it's funny to see him get so upset about livick who's just like <laughs> one minor like step ahead it's all like I, I you know modified the warp core to be you know 0.05 more efficient it's like oh man Livick just did 0.06 oh just so ridiculous <laughs> I love it Rutherford's just getting bent, completely bent out of shape about it but you know as we find out the reason why Rutherford is so confident about his ability to get a promotion is because he's been offered a promotion several times already oh, yes. he just never took it yes and you know what? When he finally does get the promotion, that scene is just so fantastic. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I always wondered about. So th- we're going back to Boimler, like having his promotion revoked because the Cerritos can, o- I assume, can only have a certain number of people of certain rank on board. I think. Yes. So, so like Livick, like just gets cheated out of his promotion just because uh, Rutherford's like, or I guess Tendy, you know, yeah. steps up for Rutherford and you know has him. <laughs> That's a go get a I love it. Wrench she the promotion just calls out of out, Hey, can Rutherford have that promotion? And he's like, in oh, the yeah. middle of the promotion ceremony, Phillips just stops and throws the pip at Rutherford and says, <laughs> Sorry, Olympic, maybe next time. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, is Olympic going to be a villain in the in the subsequent episodes? I mean, he's pissed. Know. If they never Rutherford. bring him back, I think it'll be a loss. I think it would be fantastic if they did like an episode where like a bunch of the other crew members who have been wronged by the lower deckers like form a coalition to undermine them. <laughs> like it'd be like the yeah. the like lower decks episode of TNG, only instead of like, you know, up and coming crew members who want to do right, it's up and coming crew members who want to undermine the ship. I love it. He's there he's gonna join or maybe he's even on Delta Shift or that other shift that it's of course, yeah. Numbers. You know, we did we did skip over the best scene in this uh, uh, subplot. Oh, which is what? Tucker Tubes. They finally have yes! a name. I know. Amazing. Yeah. If you don't know, if you're not aware of this, in every tons of Star Trek shows, even other random yeah, sci-fi stuff, like all it's sorts the, it's of the television two. and movies. These these yeah. two 
it's like these these pipes coming out of the the base and they're they have tubes that run between them and they like glow orange and they're flashing and it's yeah. all like you know you see people it's got like valves on them and they'll like adjust them or they're in the background you never know what they do which yeah. is fantastic because in this episode Livick is all like uh Billups is explaining how Livick like overcame some problem and now there's yeah. there's three of these glowing tubes. rods <laughs> and he's all like yeah and he named it the uh Billups tubes oh god so good <laughs> and the best part is though he goes I don't even know what these are used for. Oh. Because <laughs> nobody does. Of nobody course. does. That's the whole gag. <laughs> really oh, God. <laughs> Lamp shading at its finest. It's really good. But I love that they now have this real name in Star Trek and they're kind of been legitimized by lower decks of all the friggin' yes. shows. They dropped the name for it. It's really great. But yeah, now, as, as a proponent of Tenderford, I love this subplot. There's this scene where they are working together and Tendy goes, yeah, so we can like go back to like complimenting people behind their backs. <laughs> I was like, yes, because oh, they're I love that, that wholesome. Yes. <laughs> but what? Uh, I mean, Tendy really showing her command chops here. I mean, she she is not afraid to stand up for her friend, get him that promotion. Uh, and you know, as we know, you know, the whole thing with uh, Rutherford declining the promotion was because he didn't want to be too far from his friend. So, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of warm fuzzies from this. I I loved it up and down. Yeah, no, that that whole resolution to this this subplot was just fantastic. Could not get over it. Just just A plus yeah. all around. Totally. But now we get to go on to the main plot. Yes, the main one. We saved the main one for last. This the is the I called one. it the Mariner Ransom subplot, but it's uh, kind no, of the menagerie. So this is the Ensign Gary subplot. <laughs> it introduced <laughs> the best new character to all of Star Trek. <laughs> Ensign Gary. Um, so I'm yeah. assuming that since Talyn is kind of a fifth wheel, Ensign Gary was introduced to like even things out. Hmm. It could be. Yeah. You, know, that, that you don't sound like confident is... in this theory, Stavros. <laughs> I feel like he was at like there. There. I can imagine the writers' room where they're just like, "Man, so we need a guy. Let's say his name is Gary, and let's just call him Ensign Gary." <laughs> And then they just stuck with it. It's like they they have this thing, this recurring theme where like, you know, it's Steve, Steve Stevens and Gary and uh, what are the names of the of the freaking whales? Oh my God, if Gary isn't Gary Garrison, I'm going to (laughs) die. Well, Gary is his last name, I assume. No, I assume it's his first name. Something Gary. Uh, Okay. Hard to say, but yeah, it's, (laughs) I thought he, I thought, I mean, they, they threw him in there. He's got the speaking part. I thought he was going to be a red herring. Maybe it's Garrett Gary. That could be it. Garrett, yeah. Maybe we'll find out more about him. I hope so. I love this character. And I love, like, (laughs) all of his responses to all the ridiculous stuff going on around him is just fantastic. (laughs) Thank God someone's out there to call out, like, the Mariner Branson shenanigans. Because someone had to do it. Their weird relationship. Oh, God. He's either pooping his pants or he's calling out Mariner and Ransom. There's no in between there. Oh He's doing God. one or the other. I love his best. Wait, <laughs> when you're lieutenant junior grade, do you get to call him Jack? Oh, so good. <laughs> a great line, for uh, sure. I didn't realize this mission was going to be dangerous. It's <laughs> so funny. Anyway, so they head over to the menagerie. And, you know, wow, what a amount of detail of the interior of this station. Even the exterior actually looks pretty good, too. Yes. Just all kinds of animation details. On the inside, tons of things are animating. Lots of animals, some stuff we've that are references to things, but other things just just fish and insects and things that are I think too small to really make out. It's kind of crazy. 
But some things I, I was able to pick out, uh, you know, I sent, we were talking before about uh, one of the creatures in the opening shot. It looks so close to a tribal leader, but I don't know. There's some differences in there. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know more if it is one or not. oniony than flapjacky. Yeah. God, it's so close, though. Got to be a cousin. Yeah. I bet that's what they were going for there was a tribal yeah. leader um, and just didn't really do good research. That's right. <laughs> I'm calling out the uh, animators. <laughs> The animators, yeah. Take that, animators, I guess. <laughs> yes. Anyway, there's other stuff. Uh, I saw a city alpha eel in there. Strangely, a koala is in there. Dude, I'm because telling you, man. He's supposed to be dangerous animals. are vicious. There's a reason <laughs> that there's the myth of the drop bear. They're just they're just extra vicious koalas. Mm, you know? Could be. They're Picked all, up a vicious koala. They for seem so cute injury. and cuddly, and they're usually pretty chill. But then, you know, they go all Jason Voorhees on you. They're fucking terrible, man. <laughs> you see a koala, just punt that thing into the horizon, kids. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, just get rid of it. <laughs> uh, I saw a dog with a horn on its head that I'm pretty sure is the Alpha 117 K9 from, from you know, Toss. It kills me that Looks you saw different. that because I did not see that anywhere. Like, I yeah, saw most of the, the other backgrounds. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I didn't see the SETI Alpha Seal. Study Alpha Seal. <laughs> Is this like a seal that fits in your ear somehow? Or <laughs> orf, orf. <laughs> or it's in my head. Orf, orf. Orf, orf. There is no seal in this dangerous menagerie. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, get it together. <laughs> Oh, oh, back on track. Anyway, oh, you know what's interesting is apparently the three-headed snake with the crystal ball, uh, which Hume I didn't notice until today. The Al- yeah, it's it's called an Aldebaran serpent. And apparently it's a real animal that Q had just turned into briefly. I didn't realize that was supposed to be like a real thing. I was supposed to, I thought it was like a some kind of a godlike thing that Q uses in that episode. But apparently it's like a apparently real animal. Not. Yeah. Um... Yeah. But weren't they supposed to be like intelligent? Like they weren't animals, right? I th- yeah, something like, he like wasn't that. Yeah, turning into a bunch of different random al- animals, right? Like no, no, turn into a buffalo or something. No, <laughs> no buff, no, no buffaloes or seals. <laughs> no buffaloes or seals. Orf, orf. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're supposed to be dangerous, dangerous creatures in this menagerie. So that was in there too. I also noticed uh, in one of the flying containers, we got the flying turtles from the peanut yeah, hamper they episode came back last season. And there's flying snakes. Flying snakes, yeah. <laughs> you know, some of the animals, I kind of wonder if they were like references to the animated series. Because there's a couple of animated series episodes where they went to like alien planets and saw like bizarre, you know, alien animals. Right. But, you know, I didn't have the time nor the energy to do the deep dive. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, I kind of kept an eye out for that. It's hard to say if any of these are obviously something yeah, like that. Callbacks. Hard to say. So. But, you know, it isn't a callback. Oh, what? Your favorite. Oopsie. Ooh, what's my favorite? Whoopsie. Um, why can it only say its name? It's like a Pokemon. Oh, my God. Do Pokemon eat bones? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this one does. This is some kind of a new Pokemon that only drinks bones and uh, says its name. And that's it. That's awful. Like, that is nightmare fuel. <sighs> <laughs> You know, it's interesting. The you know the Moopsie enclosure is right next to the humans enclosure, and right from the start, the picture on the wall of the umbrella is upside down. So there is kind of a hint, even from the first shot of the humans, that they're screwing with something in there. But why? 
how are they controlling the other enclosure from a panel that's in there? I don't know. It's a little bit of a stretch to see why now these guys are well, they you know, controlling. Uh, oh, they're they're purposefully doing that because I know their plan was to have the Moopsie escape and eat the banana man. man. Yeah. Yes, banana man. But uh, yeah, I guess. What do you I mean, guess they I were guess? gonna let he the looks like first. a banana. <laughs> he's not a banana. He is a cactus with a flower on top. He they say he's a tree. I don't know where you're getting he this banana like from. It's bananas kind of grow on trees. Come on, man. <laughs> Does he have bananas hanging off him or something? No, he's not a oh god, he's not a banana tree man. He's a banana man. He's a man that is a banana. <laughs> I think you're uh I think you're banana cream. I think coffee I'm, drink I'm accurate. Like to you. you know, well that's why we're doing the banana pudding and coffee because Famously, oh. as Janeway said in Voyager, there's bananas in that coffee. Wait, no, that is not what she said. Pretty close. There's coffee in those <laughs> bananas? There's a boopsie in that banana. There's a... I don't think that was what she said at all. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Back on track, yes. Let's talk about the boopsie. I mean, part of me wants a little a little plush of boopsie, just, but the thing is... So hang on before, you know, you, you <laughs> Paramount people make a plush. It's got to have, it's got to be cute. It's got to be the same shape, but it's got to, like, the face has to open and, like, the jaw has to be enormous, just like it is in the show. Ooh, so. like, when you squeeze it the first time, it says moopsie, and then when you squeeze it again, it's, like, jaw opens to show the and, like, <laughs> bangs. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want. That's a great idea. I, I love want. the way it walks, too, where it's just, like, like lolling from side to side. Oh. <laughs> And it just jumps when it goes in for the kill. Oh, my God. Oopsie. You know, they do such a great job because it's so cute, but they do the, like, typical horror tropes where, like, you see it peeking around from a doorway or a vent or something. And <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Or you just, like, see it standing <laughs> in the distance. Yeah. So good. <laughs> I love it. So there's the shot where, like, Moopsie drops from the ceiling vent and drops on the Cactus Man and, like, starts eating him. And, like, none of the characters want to help him at all. They're just, like, he's just like, ah, and screaming as it's, like, starting to eat him. And the, all the rest of the characters are like, goodbye, and they just run away. I love the fact, though, that, like, that immediately follows the scene where they accuse him of not having bones. Like, I'm ossified. Oh, I'm totally ossified. And sure enough, he was. Yeah, and now he's dead. <laughs> That's why you don't keep sentient beings in your menagerie. Probably smart. Yeah. Although I will say I'm kind of disappointed. You know, I, I called out that in the trailer, I'm like, oh, those are the tele- telepathic, telekinetic kids from that episode mm. of TNG because it's the same outfits. It's the same outfit. You're right. But no, not at all. They're just randos. Yeah, they're just a-holes. Yeah. They were upset. They were not only incarcerated, but they were greedy. Greedily incarcerated. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know. How about the creepy new ransom teeth at the end of the episode? Because oh Mariner, you know, had to knock out his teeth. That was. Well, uh, I don't think they're creepy. I think he's just like he's just had them installed, so his face is all like bloated and stuff. And, like, <laughs> is that what it was? Yeah. Once like once like the bloating goes down, everything will be fine. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, but let's talk more about the relationship between Mariner and Ransom in this episode. <sighs> so you know, at the beginning, you know, during the the stretchy scene. I don't know. Was that last episode? Yeah, where she's yeah, no, kind of like. Episode. Oh, it was this one? Because she this overhears one. them saying, or hears, yeah, she overhears Ransom saying, "Oh, she's not going to be my problem much longer." And he's like, oh, "Right, I meant that was because I wasn't going to, you know, rise to all your nonsense." And I'm like, "Yeah, 
Then you wouldn't Bit of a stretch, like I thought, that, there. Jackass? Yeah. Come on. They're trying you know, really hard, right? They, they tried really hard for the red herring. I don't blame Ransom. I blame the writers. Actually, no. They're totally, trying too hard. That is totally in the vein of what Ransom would do. Just completely say something in a wrong way to be more ominous than it really is. Yeah. Yeah, that and the and the ominous music at the end of the first episode. Oh, my God. Like, ha-ha, I'll get you. And then, you know... Sure enough, he turns out to be the good guy Ransom wanting to do the right thing. And wow, applauding him for it, by the way. I mean, what a what a great thing to do. Ransom, yeah. I think, in this episode has done more, from my opinion of him, than uh, the whole previous three seasons combined, I think. Though I do want what to a comment great guy. on one thing. So, obviously, the standout new character. You know, I don't think Ensign Gary is a new character. I think he's been around before. I think we saw him in a previous episode. But okay. this is the only episode I remember him from because, you know, I have a memory of, like, two weeks. <laughs> I love, though, that, like, when, you know, shit hits the fan, he makes the comment about how he should have been an outpost scientist. <laughs> yeah, so And this good. is totally a callback to Ransom's hating on outpost scientists. Oh, my God. I know. I loved it. Too late now, Ensign Gary. Sorry, yeah, buddy. Well, you know. Like I said, we need more Ensign Gary. Um, but, yeah, I think that, you know, the, we get a lot of the, the Mariner-Ransom stuff worked out. And, like I keep saying, it's... I've, Feel good, a lot of feel good stuff, except for all the, the people that died. So, well, I mean, it depends on which people you you know are counting here. I don't miss Banana Man, <laughs> Cactus Man. You're you're B- banana Banana Man. Sure. You know what? Twitter poll time <laughs> is he Banana Man or Cactus Man? Make it happen. Uh, I'll have to start that right now. Oh wait, you can't do a Twitter poll. You have to do an X poll. I do an X poll. Yeah, I'll have to put it on the X. Going back to the whole roommate situation. What's the room? So we know that, you know, Boimler and Rutherford are going to be rooming together. What about everyone else that just got promoted? Because they're not going to be in the that little section of corridor anymore. Who's rooming with who? Maybe they'll be neighbors. Think so? It'll be well, who's room? If they're, are they going to be two people per room? And so know. who's going to be Mariner's room? I'm not assigning people to their quarters, you know? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm not pick. the housing authority on board the Cerritos. Maybe you should be. What kind of job would that be? I feel like that's Miglimo. He's he's the one doing that. I feel like it's probably all automated and just until someone makes a special request. Yeah, they gotta, and then you Ransom's got to look at it or something. Yeah, somebody has to approve it, but you know, no big deal. Well, you know, I think we've covered everything. Is, have, are we missing anything about uh, about bones that you want to talk about? About bones, yes, Stavros. I want to talk about bones. I thought you might. You know what? No, I mean, like, this episode was just, it was really good. I love the fact that we have an A, B, and C plot, and they all work really well. They jam-packed a lot into these two episodes. Um, totally. Great oh, start for this season, I think. Even though the, the plot of uh, of the first one is kind of a little nonsense, I think there's enough fan service, and it's fun enough. You, you know, know I do wonder, really because enough. there's always at least one episode that is just, like, the fan service episode. Like, uh, you know, they did the Collector's episode. Right. What other fan service episode? DS9. Oh, the DS9 episode. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see as this keeps going on what the fan service episodes are going to be. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely A plus to these two episodes. It is a great start to the season, and I just hope it keeps going this way. Do you think this uh, the Tuvix episode was to DS9 or to Voyager what uh, Here I'll Trust Nothing was to DS9? Yeah, I totally think it was, but it's definitely two different approaches to it, right? Right. Yeah, this one didn't focus on guest actors. 
did focus trench. on guest actors. It did include a very like the other one included a very DS9 plot. It included the guest actors, and it used them to really ramp up the DS9 nostalgia. Right. Whereas this one, it just relied on the story tropes, right? Of just yeah, throwing the true. ridiculous episodes from Voyager at us over and over and over again. But you know what? Neither of those are wrong. Both definitely valid nostalgia. You got to take the good with the bad. A rewatch of uh, TNG isn't the same if you skip over Sub Rosa. That's true. Oh, man. But speaking of skipping over things, I don't think we have. I think we've hit everything there is to do. I, because, there is on uh, these two episodes. Yeah. It's uh, two episodes down, right? And 10 to go? I think so. Yeah. So much like my bottles of alcohol. Oh, so you do have a problem. Well, yeah, out of two bottles of alcohol. <laughs> Anyways, since that's the case, you can uh, catch us next week for episode three of season four. Or if you can't wait that long, you can find us on X. X. <laughs> at Lower Dorks. Or you can head on down to your local menagerie. And watch two podcasters cast their pods? Is that what we're doing here?